You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, His Word, Your Heart, Part 2. Enjoy. We could say that your heart is the garden of God's kingdom. Your heart certainly is the garden of your life and your heart is where the harvest of your life grows. So what determines what grows in our heart? God is so good. It's important that we understand how our heart works. And the only way to understand that is through the word of God, through the word. He will explain to you how you function so that you can function successfully. So how do we determine? What if you just left a garden alone? What would happen? Isn't it amazing how quickly weeds can grow in this world? That's not God's will. That's not God's plan. That came from the curse of sin. But you just let something go a week or two. Oh, my goodness. It looks like it was abandoned for a long, you know, much longer. But what about our heart? What determines what we grow in there? Things will grow in there whether you want them to grow or not. Because it's just a place where things grow. But what determines what grows in there? Listen, the words you choose to believe. Is deter- determines what will grow in your heart. The words that you choose to accept as true. Listen, there's no condemnation here. We're not talking about that. So we're just learning about our heart because God wants to empower you to fulfill your destiny. But many Christians have blinders on when it comes to how they work, how God designed us. And things come up in their lives and they don't understand why. Sometimes it's just the enemy trying to stop you. But sometimes it's, it's neglect of our garden. We haven't been purposeful in the seeds that we've planted in our heart. Have you ever walked into a, a garden store and they have all of the seeds separated in nice bins and, and like wooden dividers. And so you know exactly if I want carrots, I know exactly where to go. And they've got five different kinds. You ever seen a purple carrot? Yeah. It's just cool. I don't know. It doesn't taste any different to me, but I think it's just cool. Yellow and purple and orange. But you can decide what you want to grow by going into the seed store and picking the seed. The same is true in our lives. We, can, we determine what will grow in our lives by the words we accept as true. It doesn't matter if they're true. That doesn't have anything to do with what grows in our heart. It's just if we accept them as true, they'll grow in our heart, even if they're false. Isn't that something? So we make the mistake of thinking that because something is growing in our lives, it's true. No, it's a weed. If it's, if it's confusing you, if it's causing anxiety or worry, if it's trying to take life from you, it's not from your father. So we're, we're, we're skilled gardeners when it comes to the human heart. 
you put a hole in my hand, I wouldn't know what to do with it. But when you talk about the word of God, I can help you. Okay. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. I remember planting seeds with my grandpa as a kid. And they had a, a plot of their land. They had, I don't know how many acres, maybe 30 acres or something like that. They had a lot more than that, but they, as time went on, the town wanted to build a highway through their farm, so they sold quite a bit of it. But basically, most of the road that I lived on, or a good portion of, the, of it, was their farm, and then they just parceled it off over the years. But I remember my grandpa taking me out uh, in the fall. He would prepare the soil for the next spring when he would plant. So in the fall, he'd pull, put all his leaves on the soil, and he'd burn them. So the ashes would just soak into the soil. He put manure on there. And some, my wife thinks that's the, one of the best smells on earth. She loves that smell. That's a smell of home to her. I, I, I didn't quite go that far with myself. But, you know, we're driving on a highway and a manure truck pulls up. She's like, ah, home. She grew up much more of a farmer than I did. <laughs> but there were things he would do to his soil months before he planted so that the soil would receive the seed and the seed would blossom and flourish and become successful. Worry will choke your seed. Fear will hinder your crop. Anxiety, bad attitudes, selfishness, arrogance, Pride, all of these things, religious tradition, will hinder what God wants to do in your life. So the words that we choose to accept as truth, whether they're true or not, doesn't matter. They become seeds to us. So all of us, each day, we hear words, right? We see words. We're seeing and hearing words every day. And if you're not alert, you have a tendency to accept what you see and hear. It's kind of how we're wired. Yeah. Right? So your heart is your garden, but your mind is like the, the, the seed store <laughs> where you put all these words into categories in your mind and, you, and, and you're choosing what you're going to plant. So the words come in, and in your mind, you've got this receptacle for all these seeds, all these words, and they don't drop into your heart till you say yes to them, okay. till you accept them as truth. So when a word, when someone says something, now if someone is a, is a celebrity okay. or holds a, a status in society, there's a stronger tendency to accept what they say is truth. Okay. Even though it, it has nothing to do with truth. Right? If someone has a lot of followers on their social media platforms, there's a tendency to accept what they're saying is truth. I get such a kick out of that. They'll be interviewing some celebrity about life issues. And they're clueless. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they'll say it like they're an authority on it. And they're clueless. I mean clueless. But they've got, you know, gold records. They've, got, they've made movies and, or whatever their position is or their politician. And they're clueless when it comes to truth. 
So whether or not I accept what someone says has nothing to do with their, their position in society or their credentials. As skilled gardeners, we only accept words that agree with the words of our Father. Anything else that comes into our eyes or ears gets immediately rejected. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. We are diligent with this because our life depends on it. Our future depends on the seeds we plant today. My son, verse 20, Proverbs 4. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. That's a decision you have to make. No one can make it for you. And I'm telling you, there are so many contrary words. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for social media. Most of it's, you know, most of the content is, is trash. But that's, that's just because people put trash out there. But I'm thankful for a platform to connect with people that's digital in the age we're living. I'm thankful for that. But man, I go on there and I'm mostly, you know, <laughs> find something decent, you know. Oh, okay. After 75 posts, okay. Oh, okay, you know. You know. <laughs> my son, pay attention to my words, not your social media feed. Your social media feed won't save you and heal you. Do not let my words out of your sight. This is pretty intense, isn't it? Keep them within your garden so that my kingdom can grow. For they are life to those who find them, those who choose to accept them as truth. That's why having a hard copy Bible is vital. Vital Bible, Bible vital. I mean, I even protect this physical book. I'm not kidding. I've had so many in my life that just fall apart. So I'm really trying to keep this one from falling apart. So I put it in my bag carefully so the binding, you know. And sometimes if I'm traveling and doing different things or, uh, you know, I'll I'll leave it in its bag. It's my Bible. You can't touch it. It's just paper and ink, but the content on those pages is gold. Their life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Did we just discover the cure for every sickness? Yes, we did. This is the vaccine you're looking for. And most are clueless to this vaccine. They are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. In fact, the Amplified Classic says they are healing and health to all their flesh. Every system of 
of your body will be made well by planting God's Word in your heart. It's the answer to every mental illness. It's the answer to every condition, chronic or otherwise. And how the enemy has fought to keep people from saying what I'm saying. But I'm saying it. God's Word is the answer for every physical ailment, every mental ailment. You know, Jesus spoke to lunatics and they were made well. Have you read that in your hard copy Bible? You're not going to read it in mine because you can't touch it. Have you read it in yours? Lunatics. His word heals lunatics. Woo! Hallelujah. His word heals chronic depression. No problem. No problem. His word makes limbs that are, are not functioning properly whole. His word uh, replaces body parts. Boy, now you're really crazy. No, I've just read my Bible. He makes the maimed whole. What do you believe? How powerful is this word? The New International Version says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. I don't think it's possible to overemphasize this. God is saying it's the most important thing we can do in our lives is to guard. Why would we have to guard our heart? Because we're living in a fallen world and we have a free will. So we can choose to let things in our heart that don't belong there that will hurt us, confuse us, and hinder us. Above all else, guard your heart. I am amazed at how violently the world is going after young people's hearts. Shouldn't be a surprise, but I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. I mean, the world is just investing billions of dollars to grab young people's hearts. Not to help them, but to exploit and make money off of them. Young people, people of any age, you've got to be woke. You've got to be awake. You've got to be vigilant with your heart. Just because someone with a degree or a, a celebrity tells you something about, says you are this and you are that, don't you accept it. There's only one who knows who you really are, and that's the one who made you. The Amplified Classic, verse 23 says, Keep and guard your heart with all Vigilance. Wow. With all vigilance. And above all that you guard. Guard your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance. With the village people. No. With all vigilance. Y-M-C-A. Y-M-C-A. 
right? Now, with all village people, with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, above all that you guard. Now, when I went through basic training in the Navy, I wasn't looking forward to it, but I had to do it, so you do it. But one of the things they would do is deprive us of sleep. So they get us up at three something, and they keep us awake to 11 p.m. the next that same day. So you're you're up for most of the you know 21 hours, and they're working you. They're doing things. You're not sitting around. You're you're actively engaged doing stuff. And it got to the point that if literally if you would sit in a seat, you'd do like this. <laughs> you just you'd be out. So we had to take classes, and we'd all be standing in the back of the room so we wouldn't fall asleep. But you know what they would do is then you'd go to bed at 11, and they'd say, you've got watch. You've got a two-hour watch at midnight. So you've been up since three-something. You lay down at 11. You've got to get up in an hour in uniform, inspection ready, and you've got to stand watch for two hours. Then after that watch, you sleep for maybe an hour. Then you get back up and do it again. But if you ever fell asleep on watch, forget it. Worst thing you could do. Worst thing you could do. And you knew it. I'm on watch no matter what. I am going to be vigilant. I'm going to be awake. I will not fall asleep. I will be aware of everything going on around me no matter how I feel, no matter what I've been through. Above all else, with all vigilance, guard your heart. Forget your past. Forget what so-and-so said to you. Forget what you've been through. Above all else, with all vigilance, guard your heart from this moment forward. The New Living Translation says, for it determines the course of your life. It determines, I thought God determined the course of my life. Nope. Bible didn't teach that at all. He does have a plan for you if you'll follow him. If you'll give your whole self to him and reject the wisdom of man and embrace what he says. There's no other way to follow him, you know. You can't accept the wisdom of man and accept his word at the same time. You can't do it. There's no room in your garden for that. You can't have weeds and grow healthy plants at the same time. So, my, you know, my grandfather, we'd plant in the, in the spring, and guess what we were doing? And just days later, we're on our knees in the dirt pulling these little weeds out. And they're just tiny. Why do we pull out when they're tiny? So they wouldn't get root. Right? It was a, it was a task, man. We'd be all out there on our knees, walk, you know, crawling past every corn plant. <laughs> you know, pulling every little weed out. And he had to teach us what the difference is between a weed and the actual plant. Because when you, if you're ignorant, you don't know. You start pulling stuff out that should be growing. That's why it's so important that you're in the Word, studying the Word, hearing the Word, so you know what to let grow and what to pull out. Right? Yeah. And many have done it. Help us, Lord, to be discerning. The Holy Spirit will show you. Don't be afraid. There's no condemnation in what we're talking about today. We're just gardeners. We're learning how we operate. I believe the Lord wanted me to share this with you, so we're doing it. Hallelujah. So there is this major relationship 
that God would love to have with your heart. He would love to see you accept His Word as your truth. But that doesn't happen unless you agree. Unless you open the door to your heart and say, yes, Father. It didn't take, it took me about 17 years, I guess, the first 17. Well, actually, I remember as a kid being drugged to church, and I knew this wasn't it. It was so boring. It was so dry. We had so many things we had to do. And I just, I'd fall asleep and get an elbow from my dad or my mom. My dad, my mom mostly took us. And I, it just became very obvious to me as a five or six-year-old, this can't be it. I couldn't voice that because I knew I'd get smacked, but I knew this couldn't be it. God had to be better than this. And then you start getting older. You start going to, you know, places and you start going to school and you start seeing these things. Okay, this world's whack, right? This, there's some crazy things going on in this world. God has got to be better than this, right? There's, just, there's crazy things going on in the world. Would you agree? No, I'm, not, I'm not slamming anyone. I'm just talking about reality, right? There's things going on in this world that should never go on in any world, right? Not even on Tatooine. Have you been watching The Mandalorian? Come on. It is the way. You know that, right? All right. Okay. I have spoken. (laughs) You'll have to watch to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But God is really passionate about his kingdom thriving in your life. I mean, he is so passionate about it. He like wants to see health just bursting forth in your body. He wants to see this sound, healthy mind making decisions and functioning. He wants to see bright, shiny eyes and fresh skin. His kingdom in you. Hallelujah. So we have full control over our heart. Important to understand that. There's no autopilot when it comes to your heart. It is a stick shift. It's not automatic. You're going to have to pop the clutch. You're going to have to move from one gear to the next. You're going to have to get out of neutral and put it into second and third and fourth. You're going to have to make progress by believing Him. He can't believe for you, although in the New Testament, it does say that our new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. He'll be your faith if you'll just lean on Him. (laughs) Hallelujah. So let's look at Jesus and let's listen to what He has to say about the garden of our lives, the garden of our heart. Mark Mark chapter 4. Are we all still awake? Should we do a few jumping jacks? One, two, three. Okay. Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Jesus is talking. He says, hearken. Behold. In other words, I want you to get what I'm about to say. Put everything else aside and give me your full attention. Because what I'm about to say is going to change your life. Behold, look, there went out a sower to sow. Now, agricultural communities, we're not living 
in one, really. So we're talking about someone who is planting seeds, a sower to sow. You understand that, right? A farmer, someone who, has, who wants to grow something. And it came to pass, as he sowed, planted seeds, some fell by the wayside. That's the side of the road that isn't meant for travel. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Shallow. Do you have any shallow acquaintances in your life? Just keep them as acquaintances. Don't make them friends. You need God relationships. People that have given their whole life to Christ and are passionately pursuing Him and are filling their hearts with the written Word of God. Those are the kind of friends you want. Shallow, stony ground, no depth of earth. (laughs) But when the sun was up, it was scorched. (laughs) That's what I thought. Did you think that too, Jennifer? When Judah was little in his crib, Jennifer, I'd be in bed and and he'd, he'd holler, the sun is up. <laughs> so every time I read that, I think a uh, little Judah waking us up in the morning. The sun is up. <laughs> and when the sun was up, it was scorched. What was scorched? The seed was scorched. It had no protection. It had no root. It withered away. And some fell among. There's no protection in shallow relationships. You're exposed in shallow relationship. Your heart is exposed. You're going to get burnt. Shallow relationships burn us. Doesn't mean we don't love people who are shallow, but we keep our distance in a nice way. Hallelujah. Some fell among thorns. Ouch. Thorns pinch. And the thorns grew up and choked the seed. And it yielded no fruit. All that work for nothing. And And other fell on good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100 And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go to verse 13. Jesus now explains what he's saying. He really wasn't talking about farming or actual seeds. Jesus was actually a carpenter. He was giving us an illustration. And he said unto them, and now he's talking to his disciples, they want to know, they want, to, they want him to explain. And he says, know you not this parable? Don't you understand this parable? How then will you know all parables? So what he just said is a key to understanding the entire kingdom of God. Amen. Above all else, guard your heart. Anytime I see something like that in the Word, it becomes the priority in my life. I read it, I meditate on it, I speak it, I cultivate it, I plant it, I water it. Because God says it's that important. Right? So what He says determines our priorities. 
what's important in our lives. Not the economy, not political groups. What he says. How will you know all parables? 14, the sower sows the pingo. Woo! The sower sows the word. People don't understand why we love the word so much. They think it's like a religious mantra or something. Some religious doctrine that we're dedicated to for religious duty. They have no idea it's the, it's the medicine for their lives. They have no idea it's the cure they're looking for. How passionate would someone be to get a hold of the cure for their sickness? Very passionate, wouldn't they? How passionate are we for the Word? More passionate. Because it's the cure for our whole life. That's why we fly thousands of miles. We drive thousands of miles. We'll go anywhere. We'll do anything to get the Word. We're crazy about it. We can't get enough of it. But you have to recognize the Word. Hopefully we'll have time to get into that. Let's keep going. So he's talking about the Word. Who's the sower? Jesus. God's trying to sow His Word into your life. Every day. If you don't listen, he, it doesn't take. He, is, he never sleeps. He's always trying to give to you. He's always trying to impart more life to you. He's always attempting to strengthen and prosper you. 24-7, he never stops. Never. That's his agenda if you want to know. There it is. To prosper you. To sow that word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes tomorrow. Immediately. Immediately. That's his game. So we can tell that it wasn't long after Adam and Eve heard the word that Satan came. Because he comes immediately. And he still does it today. He always comes immediately when the word, and he'll do that right here, right now. You'll hear something, your heart will leap, and then a thought will come in. But, I mean, really? I mean, you know, I mean, how can that be? Let's be reasonable. Let's be mature adults here. You know, this is 2020, almost 2021. We don't believe things like that anymore. Right? The word is your cure. Give me a break. We have vaccines now. Hello, we have prescription medication. <laughs> Satan comes immediately. That's just how he'll do it. He'll talk you out of the healing God provided for you in the name of progress, sophistication, technological advancement. <laughs> He comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So you can accept something as true, but if you don't hold on to it, he'll steal it from you. He'll steal it from you. You've got to embrace the word of God with every fiber of your being and not let anyone take it away from you. Because he will try and society will try. 
And they're good at it. They've got talented, attractive people telling you how wrong the Bible is. Verse 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Oh, man, have you ever tried to break up stony ground? You can break your pick on it. You can, you can break a tool on it, a handle of a tool. It's hard. Hard-heartedness. What causes hard-heartedness? Unforgiveness is a big one. You're mad at someone for what they did, and you hold on to that. You hold on to that, and your heart starts getting brittle and hard, and stones start growing in your heart. Offense, unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, envy, pride, stony heart. When they heard the word, they immediately receive it with gladness, Can't tell you how many times in decades of full-time ministry, people come by, that was the most amazing word I've ever heard. This place is awesome. Three weeks go by, I never see him again. <laughs> Stony ground. It's being real with you. They were, they're so excited. They, yeah, oh, this is it. Woo! They immediately receive it with gladness, but they had no root in themselves. And so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things. That's a biggie. Entering in, what do the lusts for other... In other words, I'm putting a priority on something above the Word of God in my life. I've just raised something above God's Word in my life. What does it do? It chokes the Word in my life. It keeps the promises of God from manifesting in my life. I thought God's will happened automatically. Who told you that? Jesus didn't teach that. Right? We have to choose his will. We have to plant his word in our heart. And we've got to keep it in there even when we're tempted to be offended and walk away. Man, you know, it's across the board, me included, and I'm talking to myself, you know. But isn't it amazing how Satan will tell you what others are thinking about you? I mean, isn't that funny? And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a total scam. But you'll start listening to it and start believing it. And they never thought that about you. <laughs> it's what a, what a scam that is. What's that an attempt to do to steal the word from your heart? He's after the word in your heart. He's trying to uproot it. He's trying to get it out of there before it starts growing, before it manifests in your life. Don't believe that. I, I mean, I, like, we're just human, but I can't tell. How many times in my life has someone come up to me and, you know, I, I know you think this of me, and I'm thinking, 
I've never had that thought about you in my life. Oh, I know you did. And I said, listen, I, I, I've never thought that about you. Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I must have been absent. I don't know. I don't remember it, you know. But that's how the enemy can lead you. He'll get you in this fake world of what others are thinking and who you are and all this mess. And what's he doing? While you're contemplating this, these lies, he's digging that word out of your heart. It's a distraction technique. So you're so concerned about what others think of you and he can just reach into your soil and pluck your healing right out of there. Hallelujah. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive the word, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundredfold. You know, when we would prepare that soil, it would be like September and October. Well, October, because we'd harvest. October, November, really, as soon as all the crops were out. That was November, December, January, February, March, April, May, maybe seven months before, six, seven months before we ever plant a seed. We're preparing soil. There are things that just take time, guys. Your whole life is not going not to change in a month of church services by coming to highway for a month. I mean, amazing things can happen. Amazing things. But we want you to go all the way. All the way. And you've got a lot of years ahead of you. So some of the, sometimes when you come to church, uh, manifestations happen. But, but while those manifestations happen, also there's soil being prepared for the next miracle. It's this cycle of, of, of transformation and manifestation and miracles and, and destiny. So just because one miraculous thing happened, don't stop there. Keep coming. You've got a garden inside of you that will feed the world. It's amazing. The little country of Israel, as tiny as it is, provides produce for, for nations. Because their soil is blessed. Brings forth fruit thirtyfold, forth fruit thirtyfold, sixty, some a hundredfold. Now, now, hear what I'm about to say. The degree to which you believe God is good is the degree to which you will receive His word. The degree to which you believe that God is good is the degree to which you will put yourself in the hearing of His Word. That you will value the hearing of His Word. That you will value corporate times like these. I can't tell you, I mean, the most important thing in our marriage and in our family is hearing the Word of God. We'll, we, we'll spend, we've spent tons of money on hearing the Word of God. And we'll spend tons more. It is so worth it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on a space shuttle if I need to to hear the Word of God. I don't care. I'll go to, you know, a space station. I'll go anywhere. Mars, I'm there. You know? If Creflo's preaching on Mars, I'm there. <laughs> 
Missions trip to Mars, that's good. <laughs> but listen, why have we made that the priority? Because we know he's so good. Yes, 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 yes. We know how good he, I mean, we're learning. I mean, you, we're never going to fully grasp the goodness of God. But we are convinced that he is so much better than anything we've ever known. That he's, he's, he's infinitely better than our best dream. So if you're not convinced of that, you're not going to be very excited about coming to church. Or if the church you're coming to is not convinced of that, you're not going to be very excited about coming to church. And I don't blame you. I wouldn't go either. Let me read something to you. We went to Illinois, uh, I guess a week ago, and uh, Pastor Scott Webb was there, who pastors a church in Alabama. And I want to read you a little excerpt. Mariah actually posted this on her Facebook. But this is from his book called Faith, Catch It. Knowing about it is not enough. Listen to this. Talking about the goodness of God. Once we get a revelation, what is a revelation? The Holy Spirit opens the eyes of our heart to the goodness of God. It doesn't come any other way. The Holy Spirit. And that's how we're to live. When man fell from intimacy with God, he fell from revelation to education. Education is a long, drawn-out process that will never get you there. Revelation, in a moment, God could show you things that will carry you all the way. Just like that. It's a supernatural, miraculous thing when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the nature of God. We're revelation people. Once we get a revelation of the, and I want to hear people preach, men and women who have a revelation of the finished work of Christ. Of the very nature of God, that He is love. This is from Scott Webb's book. So when you get a revelation of the very nature of God, that He is love that He is merciful, that He is forgiving and always wants to bless us and provide for us, then we can begin to know Him as a loving Father who would never harm or punish us. Without this basic knowledge, seed's not going to grow. That's not what he said, but that's what I'm saying. Without this basic knowledge, the life of faith is often grossly reduced to religious formulas that lack true intimacy with the God of the Bible as the basis of believing. You may have heard messages on seven steps for health, five steps to success, and eight steps to prosperity, sadly, most of these formulas leave, our, leave out personal communication with God. What is worse, some believers get hold of these formulas without ever completely surrendering themselves to the will and word of God. The life of faith then becomes an exercise in greed and self-centeredness. When it doesn't work for them and they don't get what they want, it is easier to say this teaching is false doctrine 
than to submit themselves to God, open their hearts to Him, and find out what the Word of God and the Spirit of God are saying to them personally. Man, oh man. I would rewind this and write that down if I were you. But we're going to keep going. So you see how religion has robbed millions of people from knowing the goodness of God. We are determined to be a place, a church, quote unquote, where people come and grow in the knowledge of the goodness of God. You can experience God in a special time. And we're thankful for experiencing God during our times together. Yes, thank you. But we want to go from an experience to a lifestyle Amen. where we're daily experiencing Him. Yes. We're walking in the abundant life He came to give us. We're walking in divine health instead of trying to be healed. Right? How does that come? Cultivating your garden. Above all else, guard your heart. For from it flow the springs of life. It determines the course of your life. Now, do you know that there is nothing toxic about the Word of God. It is pure life. Some people's approach to it is toxic. Legalism is toxic. Very toxic. Religious tradition, toxic. But God, the pureness of God's Word is, is life-producing only. The side effects of the Word of God are health and strength and more health and more strength. It's packed with everything you need, every vitamin, every mineral, every nutrient you need to fulfill your destiny. Let's read about this seed that we're planting in our heart. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. God's word is so good. I want you to know something. All of us need to hear what we're hearing today. We all need to cultivate our heart. And the word of God is amazing. Not only is is it the seed, but it's the tool that breaks up the ground. It removes stones. It fertilizes the soil. It waters the seed. It's everything you need to have a healthy heart. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says this. All Scripture, all of it from Genesis to Revelation, is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. True doctrine is a wonderful thing. It means the things I'm convinced of. Not man's religious creeds, but the nature of God. Are you convinced of his nature? Jesus is my doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So we need all of these things. 
We need sound doctrine. We need reproof. We need correction. I love when God corrects me and reproofs me. I'll take a rebuke from God any day. Why? Because He's perfect love. You're not going to hurt me. He's helping me. Yes, He is. He's very gentle. His gentleness will make you great. <laughs> Instruction. We need all of these. Verse 17. That the man of God, the woman of God, you... And I know this is Paul writing to Timothy, but it's for all of us. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. That word perfect means mature. It doesn't mean doesn't make mistakes. It means walking in the Spirit, mature. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Would you want to live in a house with no furniture? I mean, that'd be kind of fun for a day or two. But eventually you want to sit down, don't you? You want to lay down, you want to sit at a table, you want to have some coffee, Right? God wants to furnish your life with His goodness so you can sit down and be refreshed, so you can lay down on the promises and the provision He's given you in Christ. The Amplified Classic says this. I love this. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction. For reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error and discipline and obedience. And for training in righteousness. Listen to what the Amplified says. In holy living. Do you know nothing is more fun than holy living? Holiness is a blast. It is like, down to, it's like joy to the core of you. Holy has got a bad reputation from religious tradition. Holy is life. Wholeness come holy comes from the word whole. Whole, holy. W-H-O-L-E, holy, whole. Holy, whole. In holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y or H-O-L-Y, living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. Are you willing to do that? To conform every thought every purpose of your life, every action to His will. Well, what's His will? To prosper you. To give you life and life abundantly. It's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I'll take that, right? See, if you're not convinced that He's better than your other plans, you're going to be hesitant to submit to Him. If you think there are better options out there, if you think your plans for your life are better than his plans for your life, you're going to resist his instruction. And I get that. I mean, why would I want instruction for something that's less than something that's more, right? But when you become convinced of his love for you, convinced of how good he is, convinced that his plan for you is better than your greatest dream, you want him to speak to you. You're listening to him. You want him to correct and guide and adjust and move and shift. You gladly submit to the word of God when you know how good he is. Yes. I mean, I'm, this is a natural example, but I knew my grandpa loved me. He was a loudmouth. And he said some things I could never repeat. He was a very harsh man. But underneath that harsh exterior, I knew he cared for me. So I could receive from him to a point. But God's perfect. He's perfect love. 
So if you're having a hard time submitting to him, it's just you just need to change your concept of his nature. You need to know how good he is. And submitting to him becomes joy. Your flesh might say, hey, why don't I do it? But your heart, shut up. We're doing this. Get used to it. This is how we live now. Right? So that you'll be complete. He wants you to be complete. Proficient, well-fitted, thoroughly equipped to fulfill your destiny. The message says it this way. But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you learned and believed. Sure of the integrity of your teachers. This is verse 14. Why you took, why you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother, excuse me, why you took in the sacred scriptures like your mother's milk. <laughs> There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Why did they treat us that way in basic training? So we'd be in shape and ready to do the things they knew we were going to have to do. The Passion Translation says this, verse 16. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. Giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you, will find, then you will be God's servant, fully mature, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. I wish we had the time to get to the next step of this message, but we don't. We'll do it next week. It's so good. But this has been rich. Jennifer, come on up here, sweetie. Father, thank you. Oh, you're so kind. You're so good. Thank you for correcting us. Thank you for training us. Thank you for any adjustments that need to be made in, in our attention, in the things we're giving credence to, in the things we're giving priority to. We give you permission to make adjustments in our hearts and minds. Go ahead, Lord. Amen. We welcome your correction because we know you're so good. We know no one loves us like you love us. No one wants to prosper us like you want to prosper us. So submitting to you is a pleasure. Come on up here, sweetie. Hallelujah. I believe that... Um, there are lots of opportunities in 2020 for you to be discouraged. But I also know that this is a very important year and a very good year. Yes. If you didn't listen to all the noise and yes. stayed tight with Jesus, yes. he's done things inside of me that are awesome. Yes. And I also know this year is not done yet. Amen. We've got two months to go. Amen. 
And I am determined that the close of this year is going to be glorious. Financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, in your life. Do you believe that? Amen. Father, I ask you by your spirit to minister healing to hearts this morning. Those who are here and those online to this highway family that you're building. Lord, there are those who felt isolated, who felt alone, those who felt rejected for a number of reasons. Holy Spirit, give them the strength to let go of those feelings. To know that they are never alone. They are never rejected. But they are your very own. Oh, God, you're so good. In your presence... presence minister your presence to every member of this highway family at highway church we want to help you grow in your relationship with jesus christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you if you'd like to learn more about god's amazing love for you please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.